Hello, my name is Rick Pearson and welcome to Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. Last week we began our 53-point countdown to pull down, root out, and literally destroy the strongholds that had people in this generation bound by traditional teaching. We ended up last week on number 13, but we have many more descriptions to go, so stay tuned, we'll be right back. Last week, we discussed 13 descriptions laying our foundation for our research. Babylon is providentially raised up by God as a golden cup in the hand of the Lord. She's the seventh of eight providential nations. She's a mystery or a mysterion, a secret revealed to a small group of people. She appears before the Antichrist and the ten nations emerge. She's recognized globally as a woman. And she's the wealthiest of all nations. She trades with the merchants of the earth at her deep water ports, and she trades over 27 products listed in scripture. And she's also traded in the slavery of men. She makes the merchants of the earth rich through the abundance of her delicacies, and she has a world currency that dominates the seven mountains of the earth. Babylon has the greatest military force in the world. And she uses that military to police or rule over the seven mountains of the earth. Now, it's very obvious to us at Prophecy USA that the first 13 descriptions of this great population center, scripturally known as Babylon the Great, in no way comes close to describing a little city in Italy laying 70 miles inland, which the world calls Rome. However, believe it or not, Traditional prophecy teachers still teach that age-old tradition today. But what about the other 53 descriptions? Do they continue to point to America? And what further clues will unveil the mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy? To find that out, listen to this. From her inception, the United States of America was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles. Once upon a time, the American school system taught scripture and had prayer in school. Her government buildings are inscribed with the scriptures. In 1790, the Supreme Court was erected, having Moses and the Ten Commandments showcased at the highest peak, boldly proclaiming that the Ten Commandments were the foundational structure of which all laws would be based upon. In 1944, delegates from 44 allied countries met in Brettonwood, New Hampshire, and decided that the world's currencies would be linked to the U.S. dollar. The arrangement, which came to be known as the Bretton Woods Agreement, positioned the USA in the leading role as the richest country on Earth. Through that agreement, her currency has circled the globe 
proudly proclaiming that America is a nation in God we trust. After World War II and the demise of Hitler's demonized Nazi Socialist Party, it would appear that the world would rest and be at peace. However, it was only 12 years later that the America's school system and government was confronted with yet another enemy, but this one came from within. In the 1960s, Madeleine Murray O'Hara and the rise of secular humanism challenged both the school system and the government, demanding that prayer and the Bible be taken out of the system. The atheists of America dismantled the concept of God and country as one. The Judeo-Christian foundation of America began to crumble. Prayer and the Bible in the minds of millions became religious oppression instead of a covenant blessing. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were replaced with the humanistic trinity of me, myself, and I. God was not the higher power of which we should reverence. Instead, the accomplishments of man, science, and Darwinism became America's academic mantra and source of empowerment. Those nations who oppress religion, incarcerate Christians, and literally defy the human rights of millions are now considered by this global elite to be the road to freedom and economic parity for all. Basing their newfound religion on so-called tolerance and inclusion, they confront their enemies with accusations of racism, fascism, and non-inclusiveness. A world without borders, a world without religion, a world without America, and a world without God is what the new world order is wanting to achieve. But what do these changes have to do with the 53 hidden mysteries of America's role in Bible prophecy? Welcome back. Wow, American culture has certainly changed over the years. But do these changes play any significant role in identifying America as Babylon the Great? So far, America meets the first 13 descriptions but let's see if these changes in American culture will qualify for the next 40 descriptions. Description 14 says that Babylon has wisdom and knowledge above all other nations. For thy wisdom and thy knowledge has perverted thee. It is definitely no secret that the nation who ended World War II with the first nuclear war landed man on the moon, invented the airplane, the space shuttle, the internet, and global positioning system is probably the wisest and most knowledgeable nation in the history of mankind. But has those accomplishments affected her covenant with God? You know, Paul warns us that knowledge puffeth, and unless it's balanced with humility, it can be a stumbling block instead of a stepping stone to greater achievements, which leads us to description number 15. Babylon is proud, haughty, and says in her heart, I sit a queen and none else beside me. Unfortunately, when a nation takes God out of the equation for her accomplishments, it leads to self-adulation and pride. And according to the basics of spiritual protocol, the Bible says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. In fact, when pride and unabated self-worth reach its highest pinnacle, a person can actually believe that they are totally indestructible, which leads us to the 16th description of Babylon the Great. She says that I sit a queen and shall see no sorrow. Secular humanism today mocks and scoffs religion of any kind. 
But most specifically, they mock the Judeo-Christian faith of those who live in America. The accolades of science and technology has now taken the place of the spiritual proclamations of In God We Trust or One Nation Under God. In this effort, faith is substituted with technology and God is replaced with government and the light of the knowledge of the glory of God is overcome by darkness. For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected me, God says, I will also reject you. And because Babylon rejects the knowledge of God, the Bible says that Babylon the Great falls spiritually in God's eyes. Revelation 18.2 says, Fallen, fallen, Babylon has fallen. But this providential fall from God's covenant is far more drastic than what the common backsliding of an apostate nation would be. As she rejects God, he literally releases darkness upon her, and she is driven into darkness. For those who fall into the trap of secular humanism, God literally hands them over to the prince of darkness. Like a vacuum that draws air into a cylinder, the minds of those who reject God's word are literally consumed with thoughts, attitudes, and opinions that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. Romans 1.21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Babylon literally becomes the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit. However, being driven into darkness takes on a form that many in America cannot qualify. In historical Babylon, the ancient Babylonian religions were lifted higher than the covenant principles given to the Jewish people who served the Most High God. And as history repeats itself, a vast majority of citizens within Babylon the Great rejects her Judeo-Christian heritage. Many historical Babylonian religions rise in its place, fulfilling yet another description we are given for the latter days. Number 19, Latter-day Babylon embraces ancient Babylonian religions, which are evidence or showcased publicly through mass media in the form of cultural activities promoting pagan rituals and artifacts. She has enchantments, pagan paraphernalia. In Isaiah 47, it says, For the multitude of thy sorceries, sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. Ouija boards, tarot cards are just some of the things that we see in Babylon. Number 21, Babylon practices necromancy, has mediums, which is speaking to the dead. And well did Isaiah prophesy 750 years before Christ, O thou Babylon are wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Number 22, Babylon has stargazers and astrologers within her. The monthly prognosticators stand, and God says, Who can save thee from these things that shall come upon thee? 
Perhaps, however, the most blatant sign of a nation spiritually fallen from the hand of God is when the same fallen angel, Lucifer, boldly makes his appearance and over 1.5 million followers are seduced by his lies, literally fulfilling her 23rd description. Babylon has witchcraft, including Satan worshiper, within her. Stand now with thine enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorceries. In the last five years, the temple of Satan has placed their statue on multiple state and federal properties. In some cases, literally beside the Ten Commandments. From Detroit to Washington, from New York City to the plains of Oklahoma, the statue has been taken to multiple public locations. Perhaps this is one of the most glaring examples confirming Barack Obama's speech in which he said, America is no longer just a Christian nation, but a nation of many other faiths as well. You know, unfortunately, this statement, although quite acceptable among the secular humanist agenda, is the very first step in breaking a nation's covenant with God. The Ten Commandments, the first commandment says, Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. But what are the next stages of protocol America must meet to fit the description of Babylon the Great? Since the inception of secular humanist agenda within academia and government, not only has American culture changed by the introduction of multiple religions, but she's had a dramatic moral change as well. What once was a nation who sent Christian missionaries to third world foreign countries, now is a nation who distributes her moral value system diabolically opposed to those missionaries' messages. The Greek word for prostitute is pornavu. It is where we get the word pornography from. And currently, today, Hollywood is the number one producer of pornographic films on Earth, producing a pornographic movie every 37 minutes, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Number 24, Babylon is a world leader in producing pornography, or pornavu. And upon her forehead was written a name, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots or prostitutes. The Lady of Kingdoms, prophesied by Jeremiah, has now become a mother of prostitutes or pornavu. And with that title, she fulfills the 25th description in selling her wares to the merchants of the earth. She is a world leader in selling pornography. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. But accommodating her fall into moral darkness, the Bible also includes her sorceries as a sign. Now, the Greek word for sorcery is pharmakia, where we get pharmacy or drugs from, leading us to number 26. Babylon is a drug-induced nation filled with a multitude of sorceries or drugs. The darkness that invades Babylon as she turns her culture away from God brings over 23 descriptions of a society with a reprobate mind. Now that word reprobate in modern terms is a society literally unhinged and driven by their emotions. Good becomes evil and evil becomes good. And the fulfillment of that condition 
manifests in multiple social behavior. Number 21, or 27 I should say, Babylon meets the 23 characteristics of a reprobate society. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, being filled with all unrighteousness and fornication, wickedness, covetousness, murder, and a list of different manifestations that take place within the nation, especially covenant breakers. Now in Deuteronomy 28, one of the greatest blessings a nation can have is when they are in covenant with God. When they become the head and not the tail financially. But also within those verses, the Bible says, Thou shalt, not, thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. However, when a nation breaks covenant with God, the opposite takes place. And Babylon fulfills the 28th description in her downward spiral. She becomes a debtor nation, not a lender. Current USA debt is approximately $21 trillion, which is 104% of her GDP. Second only to Japan, the USA, once the richest nation who loaned money to other nations in the world, is now one of the most indebted nations in the world. And with society totally consumed with material gain, is it no wonder other lusts accommodate that pattern? Description number 29 states that Babylon becomes the habitation of every form of immorality. You know, for the last 40 years, the Bible and prayer have been removed from our schools. In a secular, humanist, all-inclusive society, the politically correct attitude must be that of unbated tolerance. No longer do the Judeo-Christian restrictions of morality apply. Fornication, adultery, same-sex are fully accepted now in North America. Laws have changed to accommodate the lifestyles of the many. The biblical teaching in Proverbs 22 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is not really applicable to Babylon, since most people today have no knowledge of biblical moral protocol. Neither do they want to hear it. However, according to Babylon's 30th description, not everyone is drinking the Kool-Aid of secular humanism. Number 30, she is a nation that has a large amount of God's people within her. In every generation, God has always had a remnant of His people. That is, a group of people who desire covenant with Him. Their hearts cry out for something more than this world has to offer. And that something more is a personal, intimate relationship with God Himself. Babylon has such a remnant. In fact, it's a large remnant according to Scripture. Jeremiah 51 says, Surely I will fill the old Babylon with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. Now, although Scripture says that the men of God's, that God sends to Babylon are to raise up a shout against Babylon, the majority of Christians won't do that. In fact, instead of Christians raising up a shout and affecting the condition 
of Babylon's moral fall, Babylon's moral falling away drastically affects the believers within her. In fact, Jesus was so concerned about the believers of the last day, he specifically grouped them into seven categories, then and there, which would let us examine ourselves in the here and now. And unfortunately, not everyone's intimate relationship with God would be intimate enough, according to Jesus. And Jesus pinpoints the seven categories of that falling away. Now, since Babylon is the seventh nation, immediately before the eighth nation or new world order is raised up, these believers should be easily recognized in Babylon. The first group is found in Ephesus. Now, remember, the believers of these churches died 2,000 years ago. However, the sins that so easily beset them then and there are still battling for the minds of believers today in the here and now. Number 31, Babylon has within her Christians who have lost their first love. They love God as their Savior, but they're not serving Him as their Lord. Number 32, Babylon has Christians with her, within her who have dead works. These believers may be going through the motions of religious activities, thinking they're pleasing God, but in their efforts, they're not ministering to others with the power that God gave to deliver people. Number 33, Babylon has Christian believers within her who are persecuted. These are known as the Church of Smyrna. Now, worldwide, physical persecution of Christians is daily increasing. However, should you stand up in North America for Judeo-Christian moral values, you will get a verbal lashing from the politically correct voices of secular humanism. Homophobic, Islamophobic, fascist, racist, white supremacist, and Zionist imperialism are just a few of those names. The new sexual morality within Babylon plays an incredible part in the believer's mindset to leave traditional values. Should you warn people there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain, it wreaks havoc on those who are enjoying the pleasure of sin for a season. Church leadership who are more concerned with fleecing the flock than feeding the sheep find it much easier to change the Word of God instead of preaching the Word of God that's designed to change the hearts of men. Such is the case with the next two groups of believers. The Church of Pergamos, Babylon has Christian leadership within her that deny hell, sin, or eternal consequences. Multiple denominations today who are teaching there is no hell are embracing an anything-goes standard of morality. Traditional marriage is out the door, and the due Babylonian moral protocol has taken its place. However, not only is the sexual moral protocol fallen away within the pulpits, so are the fruits of that lifestyle. As many unwanted pregnancies take place, the modern-day solution of child sacrifice, marketed as abortion, is also being embraced by many church leaders. These solutions tip the scale when it comes to Babylonian confusion entering the believer's mindset. 
Number 35, Babylon has church leadership who promote the Jezebel spirit of immorality. Now, Queen Jezebel of Israel was a strong adherent of Baal worship, which included the sacrifice of children to the god of Moloch. Jesus literally spells out her name as he rebukes the church of Thyatira and their leadership. Running inscribed with Baal worship is the practice of group orgies around the goddess Ashtoreth. It was here a pole was driven into the ground, carved in the shape of a woman. Around the pole were temple prostitutes who would perform sexual acts for those watching and also provide personal services to the worshipers. Although many don't think we have such temples of worship in America, we do have a multi-billion dollar adult entertainment industry providing a pole with live women performing on them. Number 36, Babylon has Ashtoreth poles firmly establishing temples of Baal worship throughout the nation. This environment affects literally hundreds of thousands of believers who bring those activities right into their homes through movies, websites, and a multitude of social media devices. However, the greatest effect Babylon has on believers comes through the material blessings that have been poured upon her from her covenant with God. And that would be found in the believers of Laodicea. Babylon has the richest believers in the history of the world within her. While third world nations are dying from starvation, Believers in Babylon live one of the highest lifestyles in the world. The very fact that this information is broadly known through television and media leaves very little excuse for not sharing some of our wealth. The biblical mandate God gave Israel was to give a first fruits offering of 10% of all material blessings. Now this was to help those less fortunate. In kind, God promised to provide for all of your social needs, or your financial needs, I should say. Although that is an Old Testament law, for anyone in covenant with God today, it is a New Testament principle. Did you know less than 15% of believers in America day, today give 10% of their substance to finance the works of God's kingdom? Jesus warned the church of Laodicea that although they were rich within themselves, they were not rich or generous towards God. And this brings us to the 38th description of Babylon the Great. She has within her the church of Laodicea. The vast majority of believers in Babylon are not tithing their first fruits or their substance. The question remains, are tithers rich towards God or rich towards themselves? Although Jesus rebukes, reproofs, and offers correction to all these believers who are missing the mark, his ultimate goal is to put you in a position of intimate relationship with the Father, a relationship so good that it will reap the greatest blessings that God has ever bestowed on any gener generation. That blessing's available to every believer listening to this broadcast. And it's the 39th description of Babylon the Great. 
and it's yours for the asking. However, we're out of time. Don't miss our show next week as we unveil the Church of Philadelphia and the greatest blessing that any generation in the history of mankind will ever receive. This is Prophecy USA. My name is Rick Pearson, and I'm reminding you that Jesus Christ is alive, and he's coming back much sooner than many people think. See you next week. Shalom.